0: a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342.
1: Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate, brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
2: Good afternoon. This is actually Jim Shapiro who is filling in for Vina Jones-Cox. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're happy to have you with us today. We have a, a great show. Uh, we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic, 1031 Exchanges. And Vina asked me to fill in for her because she is attending a seminar. I know we've all heard her talk about the importance of real estate education. And she, too, goes to seminars on a fairly regular basis, And so she was out of town today and asked if I would fill in. I've enjoyed uh, being on the show many times before, and I'm looking forward to today. Our guest today is a gentleman named Jack Shea. Jack is a specialist in 1031 tax-deferred exchanges, and we're going to talk about that subject. Uh, I'll have Jack join us in a moment. Let me give a a little introduction before Jack comes on the air. Uh, He's been working uh, in the real exchange, real estate exchange market, since nineteen eighty two, through the Florida Real Estate Exchange, and facilitating exchanges since nineteen eighty six, he's an active investor and an exchanger for his own accounts. Uh, he became began doing these for investors around the country. Uh, he has a, he's a certified exchange specialist designation by the Federal Federation of Exchange Accommodators. He's a member of the Federation of Exchange Accommodators and adheres to their strict ethical code. He does uh, regional and national meetings and and education on these topics, uh, court decisions, IRS rulings on exchanges. Uh, So he's really uh, an individual who's up on this whole subject. And uh, tax-deferred exchanges are a great way to accumulate wealth by uh, taking profits out of a sale and rolling them into another property, and rather than me give that general explanation, let's have Jack join us. Jack, are you out there?
3: I'm here, Jim.
2: Hey, Jack, welcome. Uh, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Uh, I don't, did you just hear the introduction I gave?
3: Yes, yes, I did,
2: Jim. All right, anything you'd like to add before we start chatting about no, this a little further?
3: No, no, uh, that cover has been at this a long time with the news. We do do them coast to coast by the hundreds and thousands, so, if, uh, and I think the difference is that I'm a trader and an exchanger compared to just, you know, a title company people, so I'm active myself, so I pay attention to the rules.
2: On the uh, information I got about you, there's a list of some exchanges, types of exchanges you facilitated. And I'd like to just kind of read a few of them before we start asking questions, so maybe it'll give people some context for what this means. Uh, you've got one example of someone who who sold an apartment building and transferred into 45 single-family houses in Tampa, Florida. Someone who sold a farm and transferred into multiple houses in a partnership split up. Uh, partial exchanges where one person does an exchange and the other person takes the proceeds and pays their tax. Uh, selling multiple properties to buy an office building, selling a factory to buy a tenant-in-common share of a Home Depot, uh, selling properties and buying other properties at auction, uh, selling with seller financing, and then, oh, let's see, selling a, a combined 1031 and CS-121, and I'm not sure what that is at all. So those are some interesting examples. Uh, before we get into the, any of the... That stuff. Let's just start with some basics. Jacks, can you explain to our audience what a ten thirty one exchange is?
3: Uh, Yeah, Jim. It's been in the tax code since nineteen twenty one, and it was uh, formerly, you know, more complicated. So it's been around a long time, and it just allows real estate investors to defer capital gains on selling investment properties if they reinvest the money in 180 days in other real estate. So it's a way of deferring taxes, but I know people have been doing it for 30 or 40 years, or they do it their whole lifetime, and when they leave this earth, their heirs inherit property at a stepped-up basis, and the taxes never have to get paid. So it's uh, people will pay the tax if they ever decide to cash out, and buy a sailboat or just take the money. But lots of people uh, never cash out. They just keep exchanging and get more rentals by by sell one, buy two, sell two, buy four. And I've seen, I've personally gotten up to 50 and 60 properties by exchanging.
2: Okay. Uh, What kind of properties can be exchanged and for what what other kinds of properties, what does the term "like kind mean
3: uh uh Jim that means what's the what's the use of the property there's three kinds of property, and some people get confused about duplexes and apartments and condos and trees it's the kind is there's three kinds: one is the house you live in that's your residence that's one kind another is inventory. That's what builders build inventory or fixer people buy a house and rehab it and sell it. But that's not an investment that's looked on by the IRS as inventory. And the third kind is anything that's an investment for you that you don't live in. Uh, that's an investment property and that's the kind that you need for a 1031 exchange. So it has to be an investment, which could be vacant land. It could be rental houses. It could be timber land. Uh, We do a lot of oil royalties. You can sell properties and buy oil royalties if people don't like tenants anymore. That's that's considered owning real estate. So the kind is uh, boat slips, Uh, vacant lots, anything that's an investment for you, that can be exchanged.
2: Okay. Before we talk about how the exchange works, uh, before we talk about how the exchange works, can you give me some, define a couple terms that I I think are relevant? Uh, Relinquished property and replacement property, what do those terms mean?
3: Yeah, the relinquished uh, property, Jim, is that, which you sell, and you may sell two or three houses at the same time, or some building lots, five or six or seven. That's the relinquished property, one or several. The replacement property is that, uh, say the money comes here, you decide to buy a fourplex or some more building lots the replacement property is whatever I send your money to acquire, and it could be one or it could be many and the um, so those are the two categories what you sell and what you buy
2: All right now there's a role called the qualified intermediary. What is that role
3: uh that's the role that we uh, fill uh, jim that's uh, uh people that uh qualified they call them facilitators exchange accommodators it's the role of a independent neutral party that does some paperwork does the documents where we get assigned the contract uh we are listed on the hud 1 at the closing statement as the seller for you we hold the money uh in trust for you and then at the end of the day when We send it to buy whatever you designate. The IRS allows you to uh, not pay the tax because you never got your hands on the money. You didn't have a constructive receipt. So that uh, qualified intermediary, and that could be somebody like me that's been in business for many years. There's other companies, probably a few hundred that do this. But it can't be your accountant or your attorney or a family uh member like your brother you know, that do this uh th- those are disqualified people. So it has to be a, a disinterested third party and uh not not somebody that provides a service to you like your CPA or your attorney.
2: Okay, well before we uh go on to some more questions, we're up for a break. Before we break, I'd like to just remind everyone you can call in if you have questions you'd like to ask Jack. Please call us at in the local area, 513-772-9658. Or toll-free, you can call us at one 772 9658 And you can send your questions uh, via email to askvena.com.
0: Support comes from Senior Life Newspaper, a monthly newspaper serving and entertaining adults 50 years and older throughout greater Cincinnati. It offers monthly features and columnists writing on many quality-of-life topics for older adults. Copies of Senior Life newspaper are available at Kroger and other grocery stores, senior centers, restaurants, retirement communities, pharmacies, and libraries. And we'll check on traffic right now. We have an accident on westbound I-74, Just west of Montana, it's over on the right shoulder but still causing some backups there. Accident also just in Grand at Queen City, and we still have an accident in the cleanup stages on Glenway at Rapid Run. Your slowdowns include North 71 at Smith and again at Montgomery, South 71 at Pfeiffer, and down by the Lytle Tunnel. North 75, some backups around Harrison and at GE, and then you're on the break southbound 75 through the Lachlan split, and then again around Mitchell and uh, off and on down to the Brent Spence Bridge. Weather forecast this evening, some clouds, but otherwise uh, clear. Tonight's low 45. Tomorrow, some sunshine with a high of 60. And on Friday, a 40% chance of rain, but a high of 62. Then on Saturday and Sunday, we'll back down uh, highs in the lower 50s, chance of rain on Sunday. Looking ahead to early next week, uh, Monday through uh, Wednesday, a chance of rain each day. Highs will be mainly in the mid to lower 40s.
1: Right now, we're at 55 here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from Charles Vonderhaar CPA. For 33 years, Charles Vonderhaar has been providing a wide variety of accounting, tax, and financial management services tailored to meet the needs of both individuals and businesses. His firm also offers personal services for clients in the following areas, individuals, small business, real estate investors, retirees, and trusts. More information about Charles Vonderhaar CPA at 513-563-0598 or at VonderhaarCPA.com.
2: Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. This is Jim Shapiro filling in for Vena Jones-Cox. Before we get back with Jack Shea, I want to remind everyone, uh, Real Real Life Real Estate Investing is sponsored by the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati we have our monthly, our second monthly meeting of the month tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the Community Action Agency in Bond Hill. We've got a couple different uh, meeting sessions tomorrow. Our early session is going to be a networking session. Uh, folks a chance to talk to each other and network with other local investors. We're going to go through our uh, some awards of our 2010 Best Deal of the Year, Best New Investor, Most Creative Deal, Worst Deal of the Year. That's always a fun one. Uh, in the second half of the meeting, we'll be having a panel with a group of our most successful members talking about their investment strategies for 2011. So if you're interested in attending, please join us. Uh, and you can see our information at our website at www.cincinnatirea.com. So uh, welcome back, Jack. Uh, let's follow up. We were talking about some key terms in the tax-deferred exchange. Uh, Two last terms. One is exchange-or, and the other was taxable boot. What is the exchange-or's role?
3: The exchange-or is the taxpayer in the deal, Uh, Jim. That's the person that elects that under the tax code is allowed to do an exchange. So he is the person that hires a facilitator, and he deals through these other people. He deals through realtors. He tells the intermediary what to do. He tells the title company what to do. So that's the taxpayer. And at the end of the day, if he spends all his money and acquires the same amount of debt, he won't pay any tax. But that's the term for uh, the the seller-buyer under the tax-free exchange rules. The boot is a term uh, that is means any cash that that exchanger decides to take out. If he's selling a couple hundred thousand dollar property for all cash and wants to buy a car or pay some credit cards, he can take 10000 twenty any number he would like, out of the exchange and pay tax on that. That's considered boot. And if he took 20000 he and bought 180000 Worth of real estate that doesn't invalidate the exchange, he will just pay his tax rate on the twenty thousand. So boot is considered any tax that that any uh, money that the exchanger decides to take for personal reasons, and uh, and not, that's deter- that's called boot.
2: Okay. So how does a standard ten thirty one exchange work? What's the well, process the process uh, that someone goes through.
3: Yeah, the the uh, exchanger needs to decide before the closing. I mean, he can decide at the closing table. He lets the title company know. He calls us. Uh, gets tells us who's who the characters are buyer seller, title company. So he um, uh, ch- chooses to do this not after the day after the exchange. After he's left the closing with the money, that's too late. Uh, but he can decide at the last minute, or he can set one up, and he can change his mind. But so he uh, he then assigns the uh, the few documents that we send is one is an assignment of his contract, which he assigns to the qualified intermediary. He signs the there's closing instruction. We sign the HUD the closing statement. Along with the taxpayer, he looks at the numbers and makes sure that they're correct, but we are signing uh, for him, and he signs also. And there's a notice to the other parties that the taxpayer exchange or assign his contract, and that's that's it. That's the the documents, couple couple pieces of paper, four or five pages, takes a few minutes, and it's not complicated, and, and the same kind of reverse is true. When he buys something, he goes shopping, uh, puts a a contract on a new piece of property. That's assigned to us. That's how we become the buyer, sort of the straw buyer. But he gets the deed. He gives up the deed on the old property. He gets the deed on the new property. Years ago, they used to have to deed through the uh, qualified intermediary, and it was more costly and more time-consuming. Now the IRS allows direct deeding from the exchanger to his buyer, and then the new seller gives the the deed direct to Jim Shapiro, the exchanger. And then we send a report. There's a informational form goes to the IRS that somebody did a uh, tax-free exchange, and the bottom line is if they didn't take any boot, uh, zero and no taxes due. So it's not complicated. And the there are some uh time frames that are important though jim that the taxpayer has 180 days to spend his money and close he has to identify some suitable some uh, potential properties by the 45th day and that's uh something important that people most serious investors don't have a problem with that they are prepared they can nominate three or more properties just so that whatever they buy is on that list. They can't, after the 45th day, they can't change that list. And they can, uh, there's a couple of different rules, but most investors have properties in mind. They've been shopping when they put their property on the market. And they start, they can put a contract on a new property. They can buy an option on a new property. And very few people miss the the time limits because six months is plenty of time, but the 45 days is uh, investors are prepared for that, and those are, are strict requirements. But they're uh, the people put their mind to it, there's plenty of properties around, and they can meet those. And, and 97% of the time, they do
2: okay. Um, so, what about? Oh- I one question that came to mind as I was sitting. The we've talked about the an exchange of a property that's owned by a taxpayer. What if it's held by an entity, an LLC, a, a company of some sort? Is it the same thing possible?
3: Uh, yeah, Jim. Any entity, corporations do exchanges. Uh, LLCs. Uh, we use a lot of land trust uh, deals uh, that, uh, that for title holding, but the taxpayer can, can inter, interchange or intermix. He can sell in his own name and buy in a single-member LLC, or vice versa. He can sell a property in a trust, in a land trust that he's the beneficiary, and buy in his own name. Those three entities are disregarded as far as the IRS is concerned because the taxpayer underneath those is the same guy. Uh LLCs, multi member and corporations, S corporation, C corporation, they if they're sold in a C corporation, the buyer has to be the C corporation. They can't can't change hats in the middle of the river from a C corporation to you personally. So the rule is that the, the selling taxpayer needs to be identical to the buying taxpayer.
2: Okay. Now, if I've got a transaction and I'm making enough money, let's say I'm going to walk away with a hundred thousand dollars. Can I s- sell one and buy three? Are there limits on, on, on that sort of thing or the other way around? Could I sell three and use it to buy one bigger property?
3: Yeah, you can Jim in that, uh, Thing you mentioned at the beginning uh, did a transaction. A, a fellow sold an apartment building in L.A. bought 45 houses in Tampa. People buy, sell a sizable property. They might buy 20 lots for uh, as a builder or four builders, so they can uh, work bo- either way. The numbers you can get sell three separate properties pool the money together as long as it's within 180 days and buy a 16-unit a apartment. or something. So you can move up or down just so the time limits are met and all the money and all the debt is. You, you can go from red, rental houses to commercial and, and vice versa.
2: Okay. Now, I've heard in the last few years about some, I did an exchange a few years ago And now I'm hearing about some new types of exchange, Uh, one is called the reverse exchange and one's called a repair exchange. How do they work?
3: Well reverse exchange, uh, we did them for many years, but there wasn't a rule. And most uh, court cases that come against uh, the IRS uh, says they don't like something. Uh, The courts have ruled that uh, if they don't like it, they need to write a rule that everybody can understand. So. Uh, with the reverse exchanges, they tried to disallow some reverse exchanges. That's where you would buy your property first, Jim. That's something you liked, and then wait. Then go put your other property on the market, and when it sells, get the money and complete the exchange. Well, uh, the IR, the court said, write some rules. So they they wrote a rule that explained the procedures for. Uh, doing a reverse exchange so when you say have a property that you see that you it's a really good deal and you want it's it's going to go away so if you call me i'd say jim you need to uh, send the money here the 100,000 and we buy the property for you and hold it uh in our name we use a trust uh, an llc some kind of entity for protection then you put your other properties on the market, and when they sell, the money comes here and then pays you back the 100000 that you bought that other house, and you get. then we give you the title to the property we're holding for you in a backwards fashion. So you first buy, and a straw man holds title until you sell. Then you get the title from us to you, for that property now, you could be leasing it, you could be managing it, you could be renting it, you could be you know operating that property, but we're holding title till your sale takes place. That's that's a reverse exchange, and that's there are rules written on how that's done. A, a, a repair we... or a buy-build exchange means that you can buy a vacant lot. If you had two hundred thousand by. A lot for fifty thousand, and then use a hundred and fifty to build the house. But we hold the hundred and fifty because you sold it. So we forward fifty thousand for the land, and then parcel out to your builder. Hopefully, like three draws for the fifty, fifty, and fifty for beginning, middle, and end for occupancy. So you can use your money, and at the end of the day, you get a house on a lot that's completed, and we kind of handled the money in the middle. So that's a repair or a build exchange. So those are relatively new, a little more paperwork involved. But it's a a typical expansion of the the tax-free exchange world that the courts have continually pushed the limits out, for the benefit of investors and and taxpayers.
2: Okay, well, I've got a question from Sandy. We'll come back in a few minutes. Uh, We've got a quick break. Before we break, let me remind everyone, you can email your questions to us at uh, going to com. sign up, and you can send in questions. You can also get our weekly e-letter with information about the show, articles, and news about the real estate world. You can also fan us on Facebook, by going to realliferealestateradio.com. If you have questions, you can call in directly to 513-772-9658 or toll-free 1-877-772-9658.
1: Hey, over here! The WMKV 15th Anniversary Gala Dance Event is coming. Stay tuned for details on 89.3 FM and wmkvfm.org.
0: Let me check on traffic right now. We have an accident in the 700 block of Fairbanks, also granted Queen City and Glenway at Rapid Run, still in the cleanup stages, and just in now a disabled car uh, that's blocking the leftmost lane, North 75, just past the uh, ramp to 74. Uh, Slowdowns include North 71 at Smith and again at Montgomery. South 71 at Pfeiffer and then by the Lytle. North 75, some backups out of downtown through Paddock and again at GE. South 75, some backups around Mitchell and at the Brent Spence Bridge. Your forecast tonight, a few clouds tonight. uh, Otherwise, uh, low tonight around 45. Tomorrow, we'll warm up to about 60 with partly sunny skies. And then on Friday, a high of 62 with a 40% chance of rain. It's 54 degrees right now here at 89.3 WMKV.
1: Support comes from your Hamilton County Park District. An outdoor wedding adds a touch of romance and charm to your special day. Withrow Nature Preserve offers a lovely wedding setting surrounded by family, friends, and nature. Receptions may be held at the Vineyard Golf Course, just a 10-minute drive from the wedding setting at Withrow Nature Preserve. More details at greatparks.org.
2: Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing with Jim Shapiro and Jack Shea talking about 1031 tax deferred exchanges. Jack, you talked about the example of uh, someone having an exchange, getting two hundred thousand dollars, putting fifty thousand to buy a property, and then one hundred fifty to build. What if I already bought a property and now I want to roll some of the tax deferred proceeds I have into something? Can I can I mix my personal money with the tax deferred money, or is this like a, a you know with the self directed IRAs you can't have any commingling of funds? How does that work in this regard?
3: You no, know, uh, Jim, you can add add your money to an exchange. Uh, if you take some out, it's taxable. If you add money to your exchange, uh, one let's say you. Uh, sell something worth 200. Want to buy stuff that's worth 250? Uh, you either get more debt, if uh, seller financing or a bank, or you take 50,000 out of your pocket. And you can add that, uh, Jim. That's not a conflict like IRA conflicts. And what it does to you, it does for you. It adds to your basis. Your uh, in an exchange. Your new taxable basis after you exchange is exactly what you had when you started to exchange, which you might have had property for 20 years but you removed you moved the old basis. If you add cash 50000 that ups your basis by 50000 So by adding money you get the benefit of a higher basis, okay. which is allowable.
2: Great. We have a question from Bridget in Sandy, Utah. Uh, Bridget says she sold her property last year on a land contract and the buyer is supposed to refinance and pay her off in July. She wants to know: can she do an exchange, and when that money is coming in?
3: Uh, it's too late for Bridget, uh, Jim. She she gave up equitable title when she gave that land contract, and see, she was uh, treating the income on that uh, land contract as an installment sale. And now, when that Person pays her off; she'll have to pay tax on the rest, on um, on the rest of the deal that she hasn't paid. If she had done a lease option, Jim, where the person did not acquire, and the the terms, the math might have been very similar: a few thousand down and so much a month. Then, when she got cashed out, she could do a 1031 tax-free exchange with that bulk of the money. But she um, was. Uh Disqualified once she gave up equitable title, even though her name's still in the courthouse, that buyer under a land contract is considered to be the owner tax wise so unfortunately it's uh she's passed the the opportunity is uh, not there for her
2: okay, She'll know next time very good uh next question you mentioned there's a hundred eighty days to buy. Or 180 days after the sale, is that 180 days after the end of the 45 days when they identify the three properties, or is that from the date of the original sale? How do those are they cumulative, or is that?
3: Yeah, now that's a good question, Jim. They're both they're both starting from the date of the sale. The 45 days, so it's 135 more days for for the from the 45th date. It's not additive, so it's the total. All the money has to be spent, and the the day after the closing, if you close today, the the day one starts tomorrow would be the seventeenth, and the, the the clock starts ticking tomorrow for one eighty days, and they're they're very tough on that rule, and I've seen it go to the last day, but uh, people make sure they get it over with in a, in one hundred eighty days, so they're. They both start from day one of the sale.
2: Okay. And you also said you have that forty-five days to identify your target, your prospects that you're going to exchange into. If you ex- identify multiple properties, you, you identify three. Do you have to buy all three, or you just have to buy one of those three? Or no, you
3: don't. You can um, if you have sold, sold a property worth two hundred, you can identify three properties of any value. Any value. You could three skyscraper million dollar complexes uh, and you you could buy all three if you had the money or could get financing but you only need to buy enough uh, to spend your money which could be one or one and a half you can buy parts of a building and you could buy a tenant in common you could buy a half interest in something so it's uh, you know what you can buy uh, is uh there's another rule, Jim, uh, that you can buy, identify 200% of what you sold. So that $200,000 house, if you were going to move down into smaller economical uh, houses or lots, for example, you could identify $400,000 worth of lots, which in the Cincinnati area might be 10 builder's lot. So it's for at 40000 apiece. So there's two rules that people use, and we try to counsel people uh, near the 45th day about what's on their table, what are their goals, and what rule would work the best for them.
2: Okay, I've got a question from JC in Las Vegas. Assuming you're not in the Pete Fortunato, never pay taxes under any circumstances camp how do you determine when doing a 1031 is worth it? In other words, how much tax savings do I need to see before it's worth the costs and the hassles?
3: Well, the cost uh, costs about $650 to do an exchange. So you need to avoid about typically $3,000 worth of gain in order to pay our fee. And, you know, I would we would talk to people, and if you're only making $2,000. We don't try to sell root canals if you don't need one, so we would just say, Jim, uh, just pay the tax, uh, you know, $1,000 worth of tax, or 700 But any any amount over uh, th- $2,500, 3000 of profit would be a, a plus for the, uh, the taxpayer. And uh, the math of... Not paying the tax uh, in places that have a state tax in California, in New York, you have 35% plus 9% state tax that may be in the 45% bracket. To let all your money, the 200,000, work for the rest of your life uh, and compound uh, and grow, uh, p- you, nobody can come up with a reason not to do an exchange if the cost of the exchange uh is is met so it's not a hassle there's no couple pe- simple pieces of paper and title companies are familiar with it so i would say the threshold is a couple thousand dollars worth of profit and it makes sense to do an exchange okay
2: uh let's see if i have so what i'm hearing you say is it really doesn't have to be huge you could be selling a house making a fifteen thousand dollar profit and you're buying something else and you want to roll that in to add to your other money then that's that's just fine. You're avoiding paying taxes on fifteen thousand that you would have otherwise. Which may be
3: five thousand dollars for somebody that's certainly more than six fifty.
2: Right so it's uh, okay so these could be done on almost any size transaction and as long as you're planning to continue buying something else it doesn't sound like there's any good reason not to do these and let why well, I know if I put an extra five thousand dollars into a purchase over the years I own that property, that's going to compound into a lot of savings or a lot of interest I'm not paying, so these can really accelerate wealth accumulation. they can really make a difference, can't they
3: yeah, they can, and if you're looking at a twenty thirty year time horizon that that money is compounding, and like you say, you put it down where that's less debt or or you Get a larger property that will appreciate more so uh, it's, it's our average client is you know for less than about wire fees you know for uh, quite a bit under a thousand dollars their average uh, person saving fifty thousand in taxes so you know we're happy they're really happy
2: okay uh, what are the biggest mistakes you see people make and the ten thirty one exchange arena.
3: Well, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, we see, I think, uh, picking the wrong intermediary or picking somebody. There's a lot of flex. There are a lot of rulings that aren't uh, apparent that that aren't well known unless people are investors and are players in you know and in, are in investors that are in the field. They get to know where the loopholes are and and they're certainly legal. we don't do anything that's outside the code but all the all the moving room and flexibility that you can have uh aren't well understood in the real estate title business the other mistake I think that people make is not getting organized early enough and after the sale they go on vacation take a cruise and they come back and maybe two or three weeks of clicked off the five day period. Most investors, I mean, I've done 30 and 40 uh, exchanges a year for some uh, investors that they're continually moving through. People move through mobile home parks. They move through a lot of stuff on a regular basis. So uh, lack of organization and um, preparation uh, most people on, on bigger properties will be shopping and uh, doing their due diligence uh, on that. So it's uh, it's a matter of planning and, uh, and organizing ahead of time. And after they complete the sale and the purchase, then, then is the time to go on vacation.
2: Okay, well, we're up for one more break here. Before we break, mm-hmm. let me remind everyone uh, real life real estate investing is sponsored by the Real Estate Investor Association of Greater Cincinnati. We've got our meeting tomorrow at the the uh, not the anymore, the Community Action Agency in Bond Hill at six o'clock. You can see information about Cincinnati RIA at our website at cincinnatiria.com. Questions? You can call in to us and ask Jack your questions at five one three seven seven two nine six five eight or one eight seven seven 772 We'll be back in a moment.
1: Support for WMKV comes from Boris and Ryan, a family-owned and operated funeral home serving the greater Cincinnati area with three locations in Springdale, Lockland, and Norwood. Boris and Ryan can help with pre-planning funeral arrangements, and cremation services. More information is available from Voris and Ryan at 513-821-0062 or at com.
0: And we'll check on traffic right now, and we still have an accident on Fairbanks, 700 block of Fairbanks Road, also Grand at Queen City and Glenway at Rapid Run. We have an accident as well. Uh, Also, watch out, we have a report of a disabled vehicle, northbound 75, just past the ramp to 74. And also, a report of debris in the roadway on the left shoulder of southbound 75, just outside of the downtown area, so watch out for that. And just coming in from the folks at Artemis, a report of an accident, Glendale-Milford Road at Cunningham. Uh, your backups, uh, usual spots, but maybe a little heavier than usual right now. Eastbound 275 between I-71 to Loveland. So eastbound 275, some ba- ba- uh, backups there today approaching Loveland. Your uh, weather forecast this evening, some clouds then uh, this evening with a low of 45 degrees. Tomorrow, some sunshine. We'll get up into the lower 60s on Friday with a uh, 40% chance of showers. And then on Saturday, partly cloudy skies and a high of 52 degrees. Right now, we're at 54, and you're listening to 89.3 WMKV.
2: Hi, welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you have questions, please go to askvena.com, and you can send them in there. We uh, also invite you to go to our Facebook page at realliferealestateradio.com. Got a couple more questions for Jack on this uh, 1031 exchange subject. Uh, here's one that came in from uh, Julian in Akron, Ohio. When I replace the debt, can I replace it with a different kind of debt? For ex- instance, if I sell a house for $100,000 that has a $50,000 bank mortgage, can I use the $50,000 cash or the proceeds as five ten dollars down payments on properties with $90,000 seller-held mortgages, or do they have to be bank mortgages because the first one I was involved with had a bank
3: mortgage? Uh, that's a good co- uh, question, Jim. The uh, Julian uh, can replace his debt with any kind of debt, which could be uh, subject to debt that's that's on, on a property, old uh, existing mortgages, could be seller financing, uh, which is, can be found in a lot of places, especially with cash from an exchange. It could be bank debt. So the type of debt and who it's owed to is not important. It's debt on his financial statement, and that's all that's required, and uh, and, and it qualifies. does not have to be uh, the same character that it was on the relinquished property.
2: Okay. I've got a couple more questions that have come in. Here's one. I own a triplex, and I live in one of the units, and I rent the other two. Does that property qualify for an exchange?
3: It does, Jim, uh, for two-thirds of the property. So that person uh, declares one-third of that value and he gets to take those proceeds probably that uh, we that cs 121 that was uh, mentioned earlier that's code section 121 that's the home uh, exclusion allowance of 250,000 single 500,000 uh for a married couple so the, the fellow could take uh, if the whole property had doubled in value the taxpayer could take one third of that profit tax-free under his home exclusion, and the two thirds he could take uh, a hundred thousand and reinvest that in investment property, and he would get out of the whole deal uh, tax-free. So you can be uh, uh, live in a duplex apart, one unit or one unit of uh, eight eightplex. Just just do the prorations and it works very well for people, and that's got also do uh, works with a farm, with a big plot of land, with a house, where the land is considered investment and the house is a residence. So the answer is you can do a combined, a hybrid exchange for part homestead and part investment.
2: Okay, next question is from Steve in Atlanta. Steve asks, as a follow-up to the land contract questions, How does the option fee and a lease option get handled here? I deduct my buyer's option fee from his purchase price at closing. How does that play into the gain when I actually got it? I got the option fee two or three years before. And I guess underlying that is the question. If I sign a lease option today and my lease option buyer exercises an option in two years, uh, is that the same issue we had in a land contract where it had to be done before the initial agreement started or does a lease option differ?
3: No, a lease option has not given up equitable title to the property so the option deposit to the fellow is not taxable uh, at the time the person receives it and it, and the option deposit on, on a buyer can be uh, given back would say that uh, that Steve puts down 5000 on an option, and then when he closes it, when he sells a property, he can get his $5,000 option money back uh, at the closing without penalty because that was uh, tax-paid money that Steve put into the deal out of his pocket, and when he sends the 100 from an exchange uh, that that he can get his his five back. So option money can be uh, booked on either side of an option deal differently than that that, uh, uh, land contract type of treatment.
2: Okay. I have another question uh, from Tim in California. Tim says, I think I did that thing about choosing the wrong intermediary. I did an exchange 18 months ago and hired a local attorney who said he understood the process to be an intermediary. Everything went fine until tax time. I cannot get him to give me any information for the IRS and, in fact, he won't even return my calls. Do I have any recourse? Shall I go ahead and file as if the exchange happened correctly, even though I have no information except for the two closing
3: statements? Well, Tim, uh intermediaries, uh, typically, there's an 8824 tax form that is required, and it's it's not complicated. You put you know, what you paid for the property uh, when you bought it, what did you sell it for, What's the co- what did you pay for the replacement property, and it's uh, uh, grade school math plus minus this, uh, what you paid and what you sold, and he, he could do that 8824. The instructions, like a lot of IRS, are a little bit uh, complicated, but you can follow through. If he didn't take any money, that's line 15 is you know taxable income. Then the number should be zero. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, my website, Jim. I have a lot of I have instructions for doing that tax re- uh, stuff and, and some of these more complicated yeah. things. But I think Tim is. Uh, responsible for reporting it on that 8824, and with his two closing statements and the instructions on the 8824, he'll be okay.
2: Okay, we've got about four minutes left, and I've just got three questions came in, so let me jump in real quick. There's a well known CPA who's saying that you can do a 1031 exchange with a property that you buy and then resell quickly as long as you intended to hold it as an investment property. So that the issue of intention. So let's say I buy a property today, fix it up, plan to hold it as a rental, but then I get an offer and I sell it in three months. Can I exchange it if I run if I've already run ads offering it as a rental?
3: Um, you know. That's uh, a taxpayer can get as sporty as he likes to get the IRS. The intention uh, that that may work. This is in my experience of. 30 years of doing this it, it may work once or twice i don't think it would work if a pattern of 10 of these in a row uh the intent uh, intent and in holding it out for rental doesn't fly if there's never a tenant uh, the irs uh logic is that investors will find a, a market rent that works and uh certainly uh, occasionally somebody will make you an offer in the middle of a rehab and I would probably do that on occasion. I wouldn't make a business practice out of that because I would hate my last 10 uh, deals to get disallowed with penalties and interest. Uh, so I would take that advice with uh, extreme caution uh, of a maybe once in a while, but not as a pattern in practice.
2: And I would would having a, a business plan that said you plan to hold it as a rental And copies of advertising, that you actually advertised as a rental before it got sold, would that help you defend your position?
3: uh, Audit reports and revenue rulings and and audits, disallowed audits. Uh, The the ad for a rental uh, didn't always work. What did work was a tenant, was a real tenant, because who knows that the uh, required rent was four thousand a month, and and nobody would qualify or nobody would pass the credit check. So that's that's not proof proof enough. Jim is okay. it's it's the results uh, that's the best way of proving your intent.
2: All right. Well, we're down to the last minute. So let me thank Jack uh, Jack uh, for your help. Uh, you mentioned your website. If I have that right, that's www. Ten thirty one. That's one zero three one. taxfreesalecom dot com.
3: Is that correct? Ten thirty one. taxfreesalecom dot com. There's rules there. Uh, questions. So uh, you know some things that we talked about and many more. Uh, okay. Things that we didn't talk about. We're also happy there's uh, all contact right. information to answer questions by phone or email,
2: too. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Jack. As we wrap up, I invite everyone to uh, join us again next week when Vina will be back and come to the Cincinnati Real Estate Investor Association meeting tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Look at our website for more details cincinnatirea.com. Thank you all and good investing.
0: WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Local 12 News is next.
3: Our forecast from the Weather Authority. This is Local 12 News.
2: New questions tonight about what happened inside the jury room during the Ryan Whitmer trial.
1: There are allegations tonight.